Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trucker Podcast, FYI. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is September the 2nd, 2022, at 9.02 p.m. Thank you for joining me this evening. The Sovereign Citizens Fringe. What is that? and gentlemen and welcome back to the trucker podcast fyi wow this is labor day weekend the end of summer holidays but not the end of summer summer doesn't end until september 21st it's going to be really nice out this weekend here across southern Ontario. Might get a little bit of rain on and off on Saturday and Sunday, but it shouldn't put a damper on your festivities that you planned for the weekend. And that, so, um, if you plan on traveling or you are traveling, you know, Follow the rules of the road. Give yourself plenty of time to get to where you're going. You're not the only vehicle on the roadway. It's not a racetrack. Wear your seatbelt. Make sure your children are fastening the restraints properly. Don't overload your car. You know, people go up this long weekend to to um, potentially even close up their cottage. Or they just go up there and they just slowly do that, to slowly bring some stuff back over the next few weekends. You know, of all the stuff that you took up there over the entire summer. Probably didn't even use half of it, what you brought up. But anyways, just be safe on our area roads. Don't drink and drive. Don't drive high. Slow down and obey the sleep like the uh, speed limits. Now, so, so I come across this story here, and uh, it's about this rowdy court behavior, and it seems to be part of a cluster of of sovereign citizen activity. Who come up with that? The sovereign citizen. It's a movement made of people who don't believe the law applies to them. Well, that sounds like Donald Trump. I wonder if Donald Trump you know, knows about this, this, this sovereign citizen. He must know. You know, maybe his father, I mean, you know, law didn't apply to him either. This is how he raised his kids. That's what he taught them. The law don't apply to you. You're born with a super, 
a silver spoon in your mouth and a lot don't apply to you, right? But not all in cases, but it's a movement of people of all walks of life who believe that the law does not apply to them. So this individual, um, he was derailed this week when he declared God was his lawyer. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Yeah, so it's a long weekend. It's great. Labor Day weekend. Yeah, so this sovereign, this sovereign citizen fringe, you know, from all walks of life. And it's people who don't believe that the law, the law applies to them. And Donald Trump is one of them. He can figure he can break all the laws he wants. So, but this person here in Ontario, Canada. So I said, you know, he was left um, derailed this week when he declared God was his lawyer. And it's one of the examples of what some observers say is a cluster of anti-government cases attempting to challenge legal convention. I don't care who you are, where you come from. You're not above the law. You break the law. In some cases, you're punished to the full extent of the law. Now, this guy here, he deliberately and repeatedly was interrupting the court proceedings of his proceedings. So finally, the judge had him removed. And now the case, the case is delayed. And, and what this does, when you get people who are just non-compliant, don't want to listen, don't want to hear it, they think they're above the law and they're disrupting the courts. It's not like tomorrow they can bring you back. I mean, the courts are, are full of cases. Monday to Friday. All day long. Now, so the so the so the people who are are part of this 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 sovereign citizens are people who don't believe that applies to them, and they think, you know, they, she says she thinks that the, that the appeal is like a get out of free card, get out of jail free card in some respects. They think. You don't have to do all the things that everybody hates to do, but that's just simply not the case.
you know, we got like the, the, these small fringe of people here in Canada, United States, all over the world, you know, and, you know, anti-government. And there's people that probably, they, they probably don't even vote. They just don't like the government. If you don't like the government, are you going to vote? Probably not. And I've, always, and I've always said this. If you don't vote, you don't have the right to bitch. As simple as that. Now, there was, um, not, uh, I think it was like last weekend, uh, there was this person um, who thinks that she is the queen of Canada. We don't have a queen of Canada. So this is a small fringe, this group of people in this individual, right? So she, she, you know, gets some of her followers together and they go to Peterborough, Ontario. And they're there to arrest police officers. They ended up in the silver bracelets. And this so-called individual who thinks she's the Queen of Canada takes off and throws her followers under the bus. You know, it's, it's things that, that, you know, that people thinking that they're going to, you know, get away with, with, with the stupid shit that they do. You know, the sovereign citizens' beliefs often include not paying taxes. Well, that sounds like Donald Trump. Or registering their vehicles and challenging the uh, legit of the court. You know, or like any law enforcement. Sounds exactly like Donald Trump. These are these are sovereign citizens. This is who they are. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or where you come from. This is sort of a movement that is out there. You know, so, and you know, and several members of the group ended up being taken into custody. You know, just for their, like for this one here, um, a group of people who follow the, the, uh, uh, conspiracy theorists out there who purports to be she this is what I just was talking about she purports to be the Queen of Canada we don't have a Queen of Canada 
she's a she may be a queen of this small fringe right uh, of the of these of this certain group and, and and yeah you know several members of the group ended up being taken into custody they were trying to arrest police officers trying to make a citizen's arrest a citizen's arrest is arresting another a citizen arresting a citizen You can't arrest a police officer. You're gonna, like I said, you're gonna be in, in the uh, silver bra- bracelets yourself. So, this this whole thing about you know, they're they're trying to make this lawful citizen arrest because they said they're retired of the trainee within the Corporation of Canada. Police officers uphold the law. That's what they do. Part of what they do. You know, and they think, you know, people who, you know, ascribe to sovereign citizen ideas truly believe in them and can be surprised even even become ingenient when confronted and that leads to dangerous and violent situations for, for both people who who hold those views as well right I mean, if you can, if you confront people, you know, like the Donald Donald Trump's followers, and you say bad things about Donald Trump, you can bet it's probably going to turn violent. Because they believe everything that he says. Right? So, you know, these, these sovereign citizens should face the consequences when they break the law. I mean, what gives you the right to break the law to think that it doesn't apply to you? I mean, what are you going to tell the judge? Well, the law don't apply to me. I can do what I want. It doesn't work like that way in the real world, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what world these people come from. Or their delusion ideas. Of course, they get all that from social from the social medias out there, all the misinformation and disinformation, and they believe it. 
Now, another thing that, you know, I've, I've, I think I've talked a little bit about this before. Um, here in Ontario, Canada, um, even more so now, you know, even throughout the pandemic, you know, um, we are in a healthcare crisis. We have emergency departments in small town rural areas where they close their emergency for several hours because they don't have the staff. The major cities across Ontario, shortages of doctors, shortages of nurses. I was reading an article the other day and um, the wait time in the emergency department in the London Health Sciences Center It didn't really surprise me. And the wait time for non-emergency, for a non-emergency, the wait time right now is 20 hours for a non-emergency. If it's a non-emergency, I, you know, I was, I asked myself, then why are you going to the emergency department if it's a non-emergency? Yeah, there's people out there who don't have a family doctor, but we have what you call walk-in clinics. Everywhere. And there's doctors that work in those walking clinics. So if you are not having a heart attack, a stroke, you haven't been involved in a serious car crash, you haven't been hit by a car, You don't have a broken shoulder or dislocated collarbone or a broken arm or a broken leg or a broken ankle. You're not bleeding out. Then why are you going to the emergency department? Even, even before this, this, this pandemic, Ladies and gentlemen, you know, the flu season is here every single year. And, and people le legitimately get really sick from the flu for, for whatever other reasons. Why? Right? I mean, if you're really sick, you go to the hospital, right? People go to the emergency department because they got a cough.
have the common cold. Not the flu, nothing else. You can go to the walk-in clinic to find out that you have a throat infection. Maybe you have an ear infection and throat infection. You don't need the emergency doctors to tell you that. Because all emergencies, you know, and it's all priority. Who gets treated first? It's always been that way. I'm sure it's that way where you live too. People who are being rushed to the hospital by ambulance are being rushed to the hospital by ambulance for a reason. I know we're not personal doctors. We, we, I mean, we should know if you step off a curb and you roll your ankle, it's more likely not broken. It's going to hurt like hell. And you're going to try to move it. You can move it around, but it's going to hurt. It's not broke. If your foot ain't completely turned sideways or your toes are now facing where your heel is, then it's not broke. Twenty hour wait time for non-emergencies. People who are in hospital, in long care, you know, the government just passed this this bill. The people who are in the hospital in long care will now have to choose what nursing home they want to go to. And you may not be your first choice. It may not even be in your city. Be far away from your loved ones. They, they passed this bill because they want to free up hospital beds. You know, for decades, every single health minister of this province of Ontario has slashed our health care, cutting funding to hospitals. And they think this is the best way to go about of moving these people out of the hospital into nursing homes. Well, the nursing homes are full. It could be anywhere from six months to a year. before you get a placement in a nursing home. And somehow this is supposed to free up hospital beds in the hospital. This is their, this is their plan. This is putting a band-aid on an open wound that needs stitches. 
It's ridiculous. Oh, and they can be billed if they refuse. If they didn't get their first choice and another retirement home or uh, uh, nursing home comes available and they refuse that, they can be billed for every day that they're staying in the hospital. Now, it's never happened. Hospitals never billed anybody staying in the hospitals like that. It could be on, on the awards of, of 1800 a month or more. about what it would cost to be in a nursing home. They can't make you. They can't make you go. We've had shortages and always had shortages of doctors and nurses, you know, not just here in Ontario, but across Canada, but not to the extent it is now. And it is a crisis. It, it, it really is. You know, so I mean, if you don't have to go to the emergency department, don't go. Seek other alternatives because there's plenty of them. I mean, you can imagine, I mean, <clears throat> You go in there because you stubbed your toe and you think your toe was broken. They don't fix broken toes. And you're going to sit there for 20 hours to find that out. And I think when you go to the emergency department and you tell them what is wrong with you, And if it's a non-emergency, then you should be turned away. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to turn you away. We're going to give you the forms to fill out, and you're going to sit down in a chair, and you're going to sit there for as long as it takes to see a doctor. And as people are being rushed past you, that are real emergencies, you're going to wait. And you're going to wait till the sun comes up before you see a doctor in the emergency department because it's a non-emergency. Thank you for joining me. Everybody coming on the show. And I really recognize this person, Pink Squirrel. I've listened to her show. She has been on my show before. It's been a long time that um, 
she has been on our show. Actually, I actually searched for your show, Pink Squirrel, and I can't find it. So I don't know if you're doing a show still. I don't know. So, like I say, you know, people... People are thinking, oh, you know, Canada, you know, they, you know, they got the best health care and things like that. We don't have the best health care. You know, we don't, I mean, like other, other, other countries, other than the United States, I mean, we don't have to pay out of pocket. But there's been a lot of, of, of things over the past decades that you know the the, 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 the cut in funding and, and everything else is just it's just ridiculous and then they're trying to free up hospital beds and and have those elders choose a nursing home and like I said it could be six months to a year so how did that free up hospital beds? It's not like they're just clearing out the floors. Everybody, okay, it's time to go. You go into a nursing home, whether it's, this is one you choose. I'm sorry, that was full. This one, this one, a hundred miles away. Oh, sorry, you have to go to that one. It's not going to happen. It just isn't. And this isn't going to happen overnight. At some point in time, you know, you and me might end up in a in a nursing home. And we had to stay in the hospital for a while before that even happens. And then you're told you have to pick one. You get, you know, maybe pick three and your first choice isn't available. And now you have to be moved a hundred miles away from your family. Cause that was the next available place. It can happen to us. Or you're in this situation right now where you have a loved one in a hospital. And now you have to make this choice of where they'll have to go. Like I said, it would more likely won't be your first choice. It's whatever's going to come available. Also, the government wants to take our hard-earned tax dollars and give it to the privatized. So, surgeries or whatnot can be conducted there in the private sector. Why don't you take our tax dollars and invest it in, in, into the nursing? Invest it right back into the hospitals. 
Well, they think this is a great idea. It's our money. And they passed this bill without any public input and without any input from the healthcare professionals. And they just pushed it through Parliament and it's done. It is though the Ontario government doesn't have time to talk to you. They've got other agendas to, to fulfill. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have public hearings. You're supposed to hear from the professionals. But not in this case because we're in a healthcare crisis. We got to get moving. We got to get this moving along. We got to free up hospital beds. The healthcare minister denies that we're in a crisis. Well, then why are you doing what you're doing? We're in a crisis. When emergency departments in, in rural areas have to close their doors overnight, where are these people going to go for an emergency? Now, the ambulances have to take you to the nearest city. How's that going to work? You have an accident victim, a stroke victim, a heart attack victim, a fire victim. How's that going to work? Emergencies just don't happen during the day. Emergencies happen 24-7, seven days a week. You know, we had, we just, we just had, like back in the springtime, we just had a provincial election. And yes, the same premier got reelected. I didn't think he would be because, you know, over through this entire pandemic with the, um, with the, you know, lockdowns and stay at home orders. You know, on and off, on and off like that throughout, you know, the, you know, the first couple of years of this, of this pandemic, you know, be a tough time to be a politician. You know, I figured, you know, in the spring election that he'd get his ass handed to him. Because we're going to blame the politicians, right? We're going to throw it all, all on the politicians and blame them for everything. But he gets reelected. 
And, you know, it's not like, like I said, it's not like this, you know, crisis has been, I mean, it's been, it's been looming for decades. Right? Now it's crunch time. And we shouldn't even be in this situation. ridiculous you know especially right now too you know um, students returning back college and universities are all coming back to the city and you know and the funny thing is, is that, you know, when it, when it becomes this time of year and um, every, every, everything is directed to the university here in the city of London, Ontario, because all the rowdy parties they have. Not, not so much the college, but the university. I mean, they have big parties. They have block parties. And we're not talking hundreds, we're talking thousands. And over the years, you know, it gets bad. And we know what happens when alcohol is involved. We've probably all been there ourselves. When we've been drinking and we think we can do something that we wouldn't even bother trying if we were sober. So just, I just say to people, you know, sure, go out and have fun. You know, maybe it's your first year of university, your first time being away from home and, and you want to just go out and let loose and stuff like that, but do it responsibly, right? You have neighbors, not everybody lives on campus, right? They live off campus and you have neighbors. And you're probably going to be living in a neighborhood that has kids. So be respectful to the neighborhood and be respectful to the people that has lived here all our lives. We don't need the emergency departments more fuller than they already are with a 20 hour wait time for nine emergencies. And I think they're underestimating that a little a little bit. I think it's probably 24 hours for a non-emergency if you went to the hospital for a non-emergency. Now, I was looking at this other article earlier today and as you as you know and and will recall um, 
the Freedom Convoy, as I call it, the Karen Carnival, back in January and February in Ottawa, the capital of Canada. That was there to protest against all the COVID-19 mandates, federal and provincial. The illegal blockade. They have started out as a protest, like protest, you know, just whatever. Go and say your piece and go home. Not this one. Now, as you know or may not know, back in in uh, February, the federal government enacted the Federal Emergency Act, which gives the government some very special powers and other police detachments very special powers. You see, all of their money that they try to raise, and not all of it, but I mean, they, you know, the the, uh, the GoFundMe was up to like ten million dollars, and one of the leaders of this Karen Carnival, you know, she had an estimated of just over a million dollars in her bank that GoFundMe sent. And as time went on in the rowdiness and, and the lawlessness and so on, GoFundMe stopped the funding. They weren't going to get another million dollars. And then give send go. This is another platform that they went to. You know, I think they raised something. 8 million or, or something like that. So what is going on right now? Um, they're asking the, the court to unfreeze $450,000 in donations um, they receive so they can pay for lawyers to represent them in an upcoming public inquiry into the Emergency Act, which has to take place after the Emergency Act was enacted. Right? There has to be an inquiry. It's law. Right? So the money, you know, given to the convoy throughout the the GoFundMe platforms, like uh, GoFundMe and Give, Send, Go, it was put into escrow under a court order. Pending a proposed class action lawsuit lawsuit filed on behalf of the Ottawa residents and businesses. There's a $300 million class action lawsuit against those organizers. $300 million class action lawsuit. Now these uh, protest organizers 
Um, there's like 10 defendants named in the lawsuit. They want some of the escrow funds released to pay for their participation in the public order. Why the hell should they give you any of that money to begin with? Right? It became an illegal protest. It became an occupation. Now, so this motion application filed in the Ontario Superior Court today also shows that more than 1.3 million of donations ended up in two bank accounts of this one organizer. Money that was also frozen under, under the Federal Emergency Act. So that's one of the powers that gives the government. It can freeze your bank accounts. It can freeze all of your assets. Now, apparently all of this money that was raised throughout this Karen Carnival. All this is to help the truckers. Right? None of these people, you know, at least got to be at least 15 organizers or more had nothing to do with the trucking industry. They just hopped on the backs of the truckers. What a great way to to make yourself a millionaire. Oh no, we're here for the truckers and all this money raised goes to the truckers. So for accommodations, for food, for fuel, You know, they weren't they weren't gonna be in Ottawa just for a couple of days. They had all of this planned. They had this plan. This trucker convoy that came from the western provinces here in Canada to come to Ontario, this was planned. It wasn't just to go to Ottawa, drive around the apartment building, blowing your air horns for a couple of hours, make some noise, have a couple speeches, and go home. I mean, it took them nearly five days to get to Ottawa. And so they're not going to just go and circle around the parliament buildings and blow their horns and, and yell freedom and then drive another five days home. Oh, no, they planned this. They planned to dig in. So they need 400. So these, these, these part of these people uh, of this Karen Carnival, they need $450,000 for legal representation. Right? Now, including an unnamed senior counsel at a rate of $350 an hour. 
and the proposed budget includes $83,000 in travel and accommodation costs. What are, I mean, are they staying at the Ritz Hotel Plaza? Are they eating escargot every single night? $83,000? For a month? Right? So, now the, the, uh, the uh, defendants are represented in a civil action lawsuit by this Alberta-based legal charity, Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. You know, maybe they need to to read the Constitutional Freedoms of Canada because this fucking group, they don't know nothing. Right? Now, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're upset because, um, they feel that, that they're, they're at a disadvantage because this one lawyer who rep, who, who represents the plaintiffs in the silver suit. So the plaintiffs are the citizens of Ottawa and the businesses owners in Ottawa where it just, just basically really disrupted their livelihoods. They couldn't open their business because they had every single street and, and, and parking lot and everything all blocked off. So people couldn't even go to work. Harassing, intimidating, assaulting. You know, I mean, it was a three ring circus down there. Defacing the National War Monument, defecating on it, defacing the Terry the Terry Fox statue, blowing the air horns all day and night. They had big tents and hot tubs. I can't make this shit up. It's true. So. Now, so this one lawyer who is um, representing the um, the plaintiffs um, received funding to appear before the commission on behalf of the group called the Ottawa Coalition of, of Residents and Businesses, which includes community associations and businesses improvement associations. They got something like a hundred thousand dollars. Well, greatly so, because these are the people that they disrupted, disrupted their lives. So these people who were, you know, this, this Karen Carnival, you know, they want $450,000 for legal representation. Go get legal aid. They're all facing criminal charges is what they're facing. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. So, yeah, you know, they're facing criminal charges. 
So I, I, I'm trying to imagine what, what are they going to say, you know, at, at this tribunal that they didn't break the law. They didn't disturb the peace. That they didn't counsel to commit an offense. They did all of these things. Oh, the government can't. Oh, what are they going to say? Oh, the government can't have mandates. Such as shutting down non-essential services. Closing schools. Stay-at-home or. They can, and they did. Now, Canada's Emergency Act, this is under the federal government. It was we used to have what you call the War Act. And Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, his father, Pierre Trudeau, back in the early, early 70s, enacted the War Act. We changed it to the Canada's Emergency Act in 1988. It is a federal law that can be used by the federal government in the event of a national emergency. And the act contains a specific definition of national emergency that makes clear how serious a situation needs to be before the act can be relied upon. I mean, throughout this whole Karen Carnival of January, February, just the, the, the Ottawa police could not deal with it. We're talking thousands of people. And tens of thousands of people on the weekend. Because people just came in droves on the weekend. How are you going to break that up with just city police? can't. Right? So a national emergency is an urgent, temporary, or critical situation that seriously endangers the health and safety of Canadians on this, on the seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty and the security and the territorial integrity of Canada. There are four types of emergencies that uh, the, the uh, Emergency Act can be enacted. A public welfare emergency, a public order emergency, and an international emergency, a war emergency. So they enacted the Emergency Act 
a public order emergency. Because by all means, this was not going to end. And they, and they said from time to time again, these organizers, we're not going anywhere until all these mandates are lifted. Oh, the government of Ontario, I mean, they, you know, they had already in place when, when things were going to be lifted. And they certainly weren't going to be told by this fringe, these anti-government protesters of, of when they're going to do it. So, right, so the, the, the Emergency Act can be invoked to grant temporary, additional, and necessary powers to the federal government when provincial or territorial and federal tools are no longer sufficient to deal with effectively with the serious issues being faced. You know, such as the ability to make orders or regulations that are believed or reasonable grounds to be necessary to respond to that issue at hand. So what this order did and and what it does is regulating and prohibiting public assemblies, including blockades, which they did, other than lawful advocacy, which I mean, a lawful advocacy is go and say your piece and go home the same day. Regulating the use of uh, of specified property, including goods to be used with respect to a blockade. Vehicles. Transport trucks. And, And is designing and securing places where blockades are to be prohibited including the borders, approaches to borders, other critical infrastructure. See, ladies and gentlemen, it is illegal to blockade a roadway with any means that you have. You can't drive into the middle of an intersection and block it and just sit there. cannot block international borders. You cannot prevent anybody from coming and going across international borders. This is what they were doing. Now, 
and authorizing or directing Pacific financial institutions to render essential service to relieve the impact of the blockades, including by regulating and prohibiting the use of property to fund or support the blockades. GoFundMe gives and go. Bitcoin, I don't care. And also, the measures with respect to authorizing of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to enforce municipal or provincial laws. So the, the RCMP can enforce the, the uh, municipal and the provincial laws. And the imposition of fines or imprisonment on any of the measures declared under the public order emergency. So what part of that do these people not understand? And they want $450,000 for legal fees? No, I don't think so. You broke the law. Is what you did. There is freedom of assembly. A lawful assembly is always permitted in a democracy. Always. But you can't do what these people did, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot blockade roadways, infrastructure. You cannot harass. You cannot impede. You cannot assault anybody. It was ridiculous, is what it was. And that's why I called it the Karen Carnival. It was ridiculous. So the Federal Emergency Act was enacted under a public order emergency. And now the government has to prove that it was necessary. And it's not just as easy as the federal government to turn around and, and say, oh, we're just gonna, this is gonna to, we're gonna do it and, and act this. No, 
that's not how it works. It, it has to go through Parliament. Right? So when it is invoked, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms continues to protect individuals' rights as the government of Canada takes necessary steps to safeguard the safety and well-being of all Canadians. In deciding on measures to take, the government must respect constitutionally protected rights and freedoms, including the rights of citizens to enter Canada and the right to life, liberty, and security of the person, as well as Canada's obligation under international law the Charter allows the government to balance the rights of the individual with the interest of society where limits on guaranteed rights and freedoms can be justified in a free and democratic society. Right? So to get the declaration, the government of Canada must formally declare an emergency, which they did. And effective from the day it was made. And then the government tables the motion in Parliament. And the government must be it must table a motion in both the House of Commons and the Senate within seven sitting days. That asks for confirmation of the declaration and explains the reasons for it, which the Prime Minister did. And it doesn't matter if, you know, here, you know, here in Canada, you know. We have, you know, we have the Liberal Party, we have the PC Party, we have the ND Party, we have the Green Party, we have Independents who sit in the House of Commons. What we have, our government is a minority government, meaning that the, the Prime Minister doesn't have full reign. And if he did have a majority government, means he has full reign, he still has to follow the declaration. And they have to vote. Both the House of Commons and the Senate must vote on the motion. If either the House of Commons or the Senate does not vote in favor of the declaration, then it is revoked that very day. So guess what? The House and the Senate, they voted on it. The Federal Emergency Act was in place. So what are, so what are these people going to say? What are these, these, these people from the truckers' convoy going to say? That the government can't do that? Is, is, is it against their their, their 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 freedoms? You know, this, oh no, this was a peaceful occupation. This is a peaceful protest. The hell it was. It was an unlawful occupation. Right? And then 
The government issues and tables orders and regulations. Any government action taken to respond to an emergency must be tabled in both the House of Commons and Senate two days after the government issues the order or the regulations. And then a parliamentary review committee is established. The special joint committee of both the House of Commons and the Senate must be established to review the government's actions under the Act on an ongoing basis. And the, the Parliament exercises powers at any time the Senate or the House of Commons can review and potentially revoke the declaration and any orders or regulations made under the Act. I think that the it was in it was in place for uh, it had it been for at least seven days. Right. And, the, and, you know, um, if needed, the declaration expires or is extended. So the declaration expires 30 days unless an extension is confirmed. Right. But they can end it sooner. If things get resolved sooner. And it's not going to be able to rekindle the flames rekindle it can be revoked it doesn't have to stay in effect for 30 days but it's still the house of commons and the senate have to agree on it Now, I think also here, you know, it says, um, so this, this special uh, committee and everything that's um, put in place, um, hearings, um, they have up, like, something up to 360 days, you know, to have a hearing um, of why this declaration was made, which is going is which is going on right now. It didn't even take three hundred sixty days. This is only this is only September. This just happened in February. So these people of this Karen Carnival, they have a standing to be there, and they want to be representative, and they want four hundred fifty thousand dollars released. That is in escrow. Go get your own damn lawyer and pay for it out of your own damn pocket. If anybody were to believe them that all this money was being raised for the trucker, how much does a trucker need to get back from Ontario to British Columbia? Let's even say these organizers... They got, let's say for an example, they got $5 million. How much money do you think they're actually really going to give to the truckers? I mean, we're talking about the far right here. These fringe of people who are anti-government. 
How much money do you think they're going to give to the truckers? Enough fuel to get home, enough food to fill their bellies, and that's it. They don't need accommodations because they can sleep in their rigs. A whole slew of them are facing criminal charges. One already went back to jail because because she broke her her conditions. I think she spent another six or seven weeks in jail, but she she was released. And they're up on, on, on criminal charges. I don't know what they can say. I don't know what they can say at this hearing. Obviously, this is going to be anti-government. And they don't know the first thing, you know, about... I don't know the first thing about the rights and freedoms. And I bet they've never read it. And small little protests were going on, and they still do. And this reporter asked this one lady, you know, what, what, what are you protesting? What are you doing? She says, I'm exercising my First Amendment. We don't have First or Second or Third or Fourth Amendments in Canada. We don't have that. It's the charter of it's, 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 the, it's the charter of freedoms, the rights and freedoms. And yes, in, in the right in, in the charter of rights and freedoms, it does say that the government can and has to specifically give reasons why you know they they impose mandates like stay-at-home orders and close non-essential businesses you know so under under an emergency Your rights and freedoms, and it also says they are not absolute. So when things come along, such as a pandemic, or a war emergency, 
or an international emergency, a public welfare emergency, or a public order emergency, the government can enact the Federal Emergency Act. That's the way it is. I, I don't understand their, their, their argument here of, of why they think they should have rights to this money that is an escrow. You're the one who broke the law. You're the ones who don't have any of that money now. None of it. They don't have one red cent. And they're facing a $300 million class action lawsuit. And that money sitting in escrow, in the escrow, I mean, I'm talking millions that was seized. Oh, that, that, that's, that, that's, that's for the people of Ottawa and the businesses of Ottawa. And that's only a fraction of what these individuals may or may not have to end up paying at the end of the day. We'll have to see what happens with that class action lawsuit. $300 million class action lawsuit against these organizers from the citizens and businesses of Ottawa. You want to go there and be represented? Pay for it out of your own damn pocket. I don't think the court should release it. And that was just filed today, so this is the long weekend. Monday's a holiday. Might be next Friday. Probably going to take a week. I mean, they're going to look at it, obviously. The courts are going to look at it. They're going to decide whether, you know, $450,000 is warranted for these idiots. I don't think it is. It's money that you were going to take from people from all over the world who donated to this Karen Carnival. And it was money that these people were going to use to further their agenda. None of this money was going to go to the truckers like they said it was going to be. You'd have to be a fool to believe that. This money raised millions of dollars was this for this far-right radicals to further their own political, whatever that might have been, their political agendas, because they're anti-government, and that's all the money was going to be used for. So now we just have to wait and see what happens.
you know, so just a little thing about the, the about the emergency act and how and what it can be used for and when it can be used. And it was used for for a public order emergency. And that is one of the four it can be used for. And the House and the Senate all have to vote on it and they all have to agree to it before it can be enacted. And they all did just that. So if it wasn't a public order emergency, the Federal Emergency Act would never have come into play. And that was not just for Ontario, ladies and gentlemen, that was for the entire country. Which means the government takes over. The federal government takes over. Because the provincial government couldn't do anything. Didn't have the means. Didn't have the the assets. Didn't have the bodies. You know, I sit back, I was reading that article there where, where these organizers were looking for that $450 for legal, for legal help. And I just kind of just like this laughed to myself. Thinking, you know, how arrogant and ignorant and you can't fix stupid. These people are. Who knows, the courts just might shock the shit out of me and say, oh yeah, hell, we'll give you $450,000 for your legal counsel. Okay. And be going, what the hell? I'll go break the law and say, I need $450,000. You got an escrow? Give it to me. I need legal counsel. I don't think they need to be there for the whole 39 days. They only need to be there when they need to be there. If and when they're called upon, and for whatever day that is, or if they're going to be there and they're going to give a five-day testimony, which will probably happen, then that's all they need to be there is for five days. And then done your, 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 your testimony. Then you go home. You don't need to be there for anything else. Thirty nine days, my ass. It's going to cost four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Eighty nine thousand dollars and just hotels and food 
You know what are they doing? Staying in the Trump Tower? Fuck, I don't know. Must be a pretty expensive hotel. 89000 fucking dollars. I don't think so. Doesn't even cost that much to fly here. Fly Air Canada. Doesn't cost that much. Now, I'd be really surprised if the courts released that money. I'd be really surprised. I guess we'll just have to wait to see what happens. And it probably, probably won't even hear about that until the end of next week. I don't know if the courts release it or not. So... Unbelievable. You raise money, you break the law, the money gets taken away from you. And then you feel that you have rights to the money. But you don't. You know, this, like, a, you know, with that $300 million class action lawsuit, I hope the people of Ottawa who this affected and the business is affected, I hope they get awarded $300 million. And that these assholes of this Karen Carnival will have to pay. And then we'll see if we have that sort of movement again. Of this lawlessness. Thinking you can overtake a city and hold it hostage because you're anti-government. Good luck with that. So I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this evening. Friday, the 2nd of September. I can't even believe I'm even saying that. And it's like the 2nd of September. It just felt like summer started. Summer holidays are now. Summer's still going. I mean, summer goes till. September 21st, but just, it's September already. You know, soon I'll be sitting here saying, wow, I can't believe it's Christmas time. Where'd the time go? You know, another year gone by already. It always seems that the nicest weather always seems to go quicker than the cold shit. You know, the cold weather seems to drag on. But we got plenty of summer left, so get out there and enjoy it. And uh, 
like I said, school's back here across Canada. Starting Wednesday, that's probably for public schools, universities, colleges, probably start Tuesday. But, you know, everything's all back. You know, hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. You know, we want the kids in school. That's what we want. We want people working. That's what we want. So it's up to us, all of us, you know, to do our part. And hopefully, you know, we don't have to go back to any sort of mandates and, and stuff like that. So just keep our fingers crossed. So have yourself a good night, ladies and gentlemen. And um, I will be back out tomorrow morning. Or should I do an evening show? You know, it'd be easier for me to do an evening show because the morning, tomorrow morning is, I got a, I got a lot of stuff to do. So tomorrow night at 9 p.m. And Sunday at 9 p.m. But Monday I will do a morning show because it is Labor Day Monday. I don't have to work that day. I will do a Monday morning show. But Saturday evening and Sunday evening, come on back out here on the Truckers Podcast, FYI. Love to have you. I've seen some uh, uh, people out here has come on my show, has been on my show before. You know, um, Pink Squirrel, nice to see you out here. And for anybody else who's your first time on my show, and if you've been here before, I thank you for coming out. And uh, it always gets interesting with me sometimes. So I hope you enjoyed it. But until tomorrow night at 9 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, take care, be safe. And thank you. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Good night, everybody.